Hi, everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. Happy Friday, friends! I'm so glad to have you back this week at Where Faith Grows. This week's episode is all about restoration and redemption. I'm chatting with the amazing and inspiring Gabrielle Wesco of Inspiring Honey Ministries. Gabrielle is a childhood cancer survivor, entrepreneur, national public speaker, writer, wife, and mother. Her testimony is one filled with God's redemptive grace and one that showcases how He can take any situation and turn ashes to beauty. At the age of 10, she was diagnosed with cancer, which was a catalyst to the Lord opening doors and showing her her true calling. From her cancer diagnosis, the Lord planted seeds of faith in her heart that grew strong and gave her perspective and maturity. At the age of 10, she was asked to start public speaking at events across the U.S., which led to her writing career. While in middle school, Gabrielle and her sister began an organization in local hospitals, bringing celebrities to meet and cheer up the children who were patients. By the time Gabrielle was in high school, she began writing for global organizations and wrote a blog for the Huffington Post. At 15, she started her first company, which grew to have products sold in stores all across the USA. And at 19, Gabrielle founded her second LLC in ministry designed to give women the tools they need to fully live out the calling God has for them and inspire them to speak with intention. Today, Gabrielle is a wife to her husband, Ethan, and a mother to their two sons. She runs the Inspiring Honey LLC and ministry full-time. This episode is one for all of us. We all have moments where we don't feel worthy, and we all have parts of our lives that feel broken that we wish and pray God would redeem and restore. Gabrielle's story is one of encouragement and hope in these broken moments. She shares all about God's power and willingness to restore anything in our lives, if only we will let Him. So without making you wait any longer for this amazing conversation, here's my chat with Gabrielle Wesco. Okay, welcome to the show, Gabby. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a guest on your podcast today. I am pumped because for all the listeners out there, we have been connecting on Instagram and you're actually my first Instagram-based interview. Like we've never met in person. We've only met on Instagram. (laughs) Yes, which is so, so cool. Instagram has a way of connecting people, which I love. I know. I mean, I think when I got started on Instagram, you know, people say it's all about social and it's all about connection. But at first you just kind of feel like, oh, I'm just posting these images, but I feel like I have really gotten to connect with some cool people and you are one of them for sure. Thank you. I definitely feel the same way. Well, tell all the listeners about yourself. Like just tell us about your family. Tell us about your life. Um, Okay. So quick little 
snippet of who I am. My name is Gabrielle. I run the Inspiring Honey Ministry and I also do um, business coaching and developing. I am 22 years old. I started my first, well, I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 10 years old. From that, I started public speaking um, around the U.S. And then from that, I started a program bringing celebrities to meet kids in the hospital, which turned into me being asked right for the Huffington Post and opening my first business when I was 15. Um, So God really like catapulted my life in that direction. Um, Fast forward to where I am now. I am 22. I'm married to um, my wonderful husband. We have a one and a half year old, a second baby on the way. And full time, I run my ministry. I run my coaching business. And um, yeah, I guess. And I I host a podcast. And I guess that that's a quick little snippet about who I am right now. It's like, you have accomplished more by the age of 15 than some people do ever. <laughs> it seems like you have been very busy. And I don't think I knew that about the Huffington Post. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely um, such an honor to have been able to be asked to write for them. Um when I was only a freshman in high school and I did that for a really long time before, um, the Lord really started putting on my heart to open my own ministry and just start writing on my own blog. And then coming in September, I have a whole team of girls who be writing for my ministry, which is so, so cool. Yes. I heard about that. That's so exciting. And I'm, I'm super excited to check it out because for those of you who don't follow her on Instagram, she has a lot of amazing things to say. Your page always inspires me and makes me dig deeper in my faith. I love it. Thank you so much. That means the world to me because that's all that I want it to be, just pushing women closer to Jesus. Yes, and it does. It does do that. And by the way, we will link your page in the show notes so people can find you and check you out. Awesome. Um, So tell me a little bit about, like, that's a little bit about your life. Also tell me a little bit about your testimony, like your journey as a Christian. What has that been like for you up to this point? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I actually just recorded this morning a podcast about my testimony. <laughs> I'm like super perfect, fresh on your mind. <laughs> exactly. Um, but my testimony is definitely one of God's redemption and grace, um, and just consistently showing that no matter what you go through or you walk through, that God is a God of redemption and He will redeem you. Um, so when I was 10 years old and I got diagnosed with cancer, that was really hard. Obviously, as you can imagine, that was crazy. I went through two and a half years of chemo. I was so, so sick. Uh, There are times when they didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. And God restored that so much by one, um, growing my faith and helping me truly be saved then, Um, growing the faith of the people around me, meaning my family, um, from using that to use me as a public speaker and open a business and become a writer and just really push me into my calling and show me what he's equipped me for. And then also when, before my husband and I got got married, we ended up falling into sin and got pregnant before we were married. Um, So God used that situation to then again, redeem me and restore me and use my story and my testimony to show other girls and to um, minister into people's lives because sexual sin isn't talked about in the church, but it's something that so many people struggle with. Um, And there's so girls who are in the same situation I was two years ago. Um, So God has really just used my testimony as one of restoration. I I love that. And that's kind of like, I think what I want to talk about today is that whole concept of restoration and just redeeming kind of what you call those broken moments. I guess, I mean, no moment in your story is ultimately broken, but you know, 
God loves to use, God loves to restore, and He loves to use those moments for His glory. I mean, He does that all through the Bible. So if we think for a minute that He doesn't still do that, you know, He does that all the time. <laughs> That's His Definitely. Faith. <laughs> and um, everybody in the Bible except Jesus has had like a huge flaw. Like if you study all, yes. all the characters and all the figures in the Bible, everyone has a huge flaw that um, God has shown how they're so not perfect and how He's been able to work in it. And if we aren't open about our testimonies and our flaws, um, then we're not able to see how flawed we are and how unperfect we are and how much we need a perfect Savior. Yes, I love that. And I also think, you know, if we don't show people how broken we are, then they don't feel like they have a seat at this table. You know, I think a lot of non-Christians look at us and they think, oh, I can't be like them. You know, I can't be like that and God can't use me because I'm me. But until we're willing to do exactly what you're doing, which is say, these are all the little broken pieces of me, like look at who I am, they're not going to feel like they can be included in this either. Definitely. I couldn't agree with that more. So what does restoration personally mean to you? Like, how would you define that word in terms of faith? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good question. And that's really it's deep. hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard question. Restoration. Um, what it means to me is just a few things. Um, the first word that comes to mind is just humbling. Humbling mm. yourself before the Lord and before others to come to a place where you omit I'm a sinner and this is what I struggle with. And this is where I need the Lord to work in me. Um, and this yeah. is where I need him to mend me uh, and allowing him to work through a process and speak into your life to change you and uh, refine you so that you can come to a place of restoration and confidently walk free of whatever was holding you in chains and bondage and, be restored and redeemed so that you're living fully for God in that situation or that sin and that mm. pain is just glorifying Him. I love that. I, I mean, that's just so beautifully said. I, I know, like I think about the concept of restoration a lot, but I honestly don't think I've ever thought of it as humbling, but you're so right because, I mean, how can we truly be like a vessel for God to use if we don't come to Him ready to be redeemed, if that makes any sense. I think a lot of times we we know that we need Him and we want Him to restore, but it's almost just like slamming against a wall if we're not willing to come to Him as an open vessel, ready Definitely. to be used. And we can't control that. <laughs> Definitely. And we have to come to Him with open hearts or He's not able to um, refine us the ways right. that he needs to fully redeem us because there's a huge difference between trying to walk through a season of repentance and saying, oh, I'm sorry, but mm. not truly being sorry, not truly turning away from your ways and um, just kind of still living the way that the world does. But there's a huge, huge value in truly being sorrowful and turning to the Lord and just allowing him to work in it. And being yeah. open and honest. And specifically, I've been studying a lot in Luke recently, um, and I can't think of the exact verse, but in Luke, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, but still turn away or mm. and still not follow my commands? And that that just pops into my head. We can't call him Lord and, and love him so deeply, but not follow his commands and not go into that season of restoration. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that is it because it's like, I think like most things, it kind of comes back to control. Um, At least it does for me a lot of the time. It's hard to like allow God to restore moments in our life. And it's hard to humble ourselves before him and let us use or let him use us in all of our brokenness when we can't control what that's going to look like. Uh, So I kind of want to hear about that from your side of the story a little bit, because I know you have the instances of getting pregnant out of marriage and all that kind of stuff. What, What was that like to allow God to use that story, knowing that it would be perceived poorly by some people? Um, that is a really good question. I, I, it was definitely a really hard time for me for mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons. There was a lot of brokenness in my life um, and in me as a person, but I didn't really, I, it was definitely, um, very humbling and it was very, uh, it was like just a shameful time. And we were part of a community and a church community that wasn't super loving. Um, and that was Mm. very condemning. And we, most of our friends at that time had, we do not talk to anymore. It was, um, really lonely to be honest. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) yeah, it really was, but God took us into a new church community who welcomed us and prayed over us. And I ended up getting baptized. And, uh, there was actually a pastor and his wife who had walked through the same situation 15 years prior and walked us through that and showed us that there's no reason to care what other people say just to care what Jesus says, because at the end of the day, um, we're not living to please other people and that anyone that tried to put us down or belittle us as Christians um, and put a scarlet letter on our head was dealing with sins and every sin is equal. Yeah. So that was very, very amazing to hear. And I got baptized that summer. And after I got baptized and after we walked through that season of repentance and counseling, I have not let the opinion of other people bring me down. I know that sometimes there'll be casual conversations with people or just people who will always judge us for that sin, but it always makes me think of the woman at the well and always reminds me that I can't judge anybody off of Mm. their sin or their judging us. Right. Well, and answer the question. (laughs) Yes, totally. I'm sorry. I asked you a very convoluted question, but you answered it beautifully. I think kind of what I was getting at and you answered it perfectly is just, I think it's hard when we have broken moments in our stories to give it over to God to use it because we don't know how people are going to take that. You know, we don't know what people are going to think, and we definitely don't want people to think poorly of us. But I think what I'm hearing from you that is so beautiful is that when you did relinquish that control, He was able to redeem it into a better community and a better place than really you probably ever could have imagined if you had that was way better than if you had just kept it hidden from the community you were in. Definitely. Um, There's so much value in being honest and open. And the Bible really talks clearly about how with restoration um, and redemption, you can't hide like sin and darkness needs to be brought to light. So when you're struggling with something, you have to first confess it to God and then those around you. And I'm a really big believer in that. Yeah, I I am too. And I think— You know, I've been thinking and praying a lot over the concept of God really using our stories for their unique potential. And I think with you especially, it's like now that that's out there and now that 
people know about it and you're letting God use those moments in your life, who can you influence that you wouldn't have been able to before if they didn't know that about you? I think it gives, you know, God can use that for a greater power than if there was a wall up. Definitely. And what's the purpose of going through all that pain um, and going through that time mm-hmm. if you're not going to allow Him to work through it? If you truly are living for Jesus, then um, in your heart, your desire should be to glorify Him the most and allow your story to be used by Him because ultimately our stories aren't our own. Our stories are His, and He is the one who decides what gets done with it. Yeah, that's so well said. And it's important, I think, for all of us to remember that, like, we're not worthy because of anything we do anyway, good or bad. So just like our good actions don't increase our worth in the eyes of God, our bad actions don't decrease our worth in the sight of God either. And um, you're talking about the woman at the well, but I, I have been thinking about Rahab so much. And I think about how she was obviously living in a lot of sin, but God used her God used her sin to hide his people and because she had that ability to bring them into her home and no one was going to come looking in a brothel basically you know she was able to further God's mission with what she was doing and then even more so you know she's in the direct line of Jesus I mean her her value was not decreased in his eyes and she let him use her and I think that that's beautiful I definitely agree with you. Um, I think that God does that all the time. And even a lot of the times, it's so easy to um, not want to hang out with the broken people, or it's so easy um, for the Christian community to put people on pedestals. But we have to think back to the people that God really used in the Bible, um, who Jesus had dinner with. Jesus wasn't after the Pharisees and the people in church. He was after the leopard, the lepers. Um, he was (laughs) after the The tax collectors, you know, he was after, um, people that people looked down upon. Uh, And I think that's such a lesson for our own hearts, just to remember that no one is too broken um, for God to not be able to use them. He's able to use all of us, no matter what sin, no matter um, what we do or how uh, unvalued we are by the world. He still values us more than anything, and He can still use us. Right. I mean, He values our heart to serve more than any stumbling we've had in life. If you've been following me on social media, you know I'm starting to share tips and tutorials on an online graphic design program called Canva. I discovered this program a few years ago, and since then I've used it professionally and personally to create visually stunning graphics with a level of efficiency I didn't even know was possible. Lately, I've been seeing and speaking with content creators of all types, and I've discovered that many of you share the same view about your visual presence online that I do. You want your online presence to be aesthetically pleasing, but your core mission is to share the love of Christ. And so that's what you want to spend your time doing. And I totally understand that. That's why I'm recommending Canva to you. And I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't love it and use it myself all the time. Because with Canva, you can create beautiful social media posts, shareable images and graphics for your online platforms. You can curate a web page with images and graphics that look like they were created by a professional graphic designer. And you can do all of this without it taking up all your time or busting your budget. I've seen the results and I know Canva works. I know that Canva's millions of built-in stock images and elements, free icons and shapes, 
photo filters, and hundreds of fonts are just what you need to level up your online presence from social media to your website and beyond. You can even use it to create quality printed content that is directly aligned with your brand. So head to my show notes and use the link to try Canva Pro free today for 30 days. I just know that you will be as hooked as I was and you'll be a Canva user for life. Okay, so we've just been talking about um, God's restoration and using broken moments in our lives, and you've been telling us a little bit about your story. And I want to know a little more specifically what these experiences in your life that you see as like broken moments, what what did they teach you about faith? And even more specifically, what did they teach you about God's love? Mm. Um, so what these broken moments have taught me about faith is that sometimes we have to be broken and we have to be beaten down mm-hmm. so that we learn to rely on our faith. And um, it kind of always takes me back to the story of a glass jar. If you have, or not a glass jar, a clay, a clay jar, if you have a clay yeah, jar, yeah. um, and you stick a light under it, and there's no cracks in the jar and it's perfect, then the light's not going to come out. That You're not going to be able to see um, the candle illuminate illuminate through. But if you have a pot, a clay jar, and it has cracks and you stick a candle light under it, you're going to be able to see that light come through and shine through. Um, and it it always reminds me of that because we are like like those jars. And if we don't have those broken parts, those painful parts of us, um, and we try to act like perfect people, which none of us are, then Mm -hmm. the true light's never going to be able to come out. It's never going to be able to be shown into the world. So I think that in regards to the broken moments in my life, what it's taught me about faith is that, um, God doesn't want us to be perfect people, that He just wants us to be people of intention, that our hearts are what matters most, and that He's going to work the most in our broken situations, and that He is the only God. Jesus is perfect, and we are not. We That's why we need Him as our Savior. So that's yeah. what it's taught me about faith, um, that our brokenness is valued and welcome. And what has taught me about God's love is just that God's love is far beyond our understanding. We can not even comprehend the amount of love that He has for us, but that He pursues us even when we are going against everything He said. Um, He loves us so deeply, and His love is just so amazing. I I love that you said— I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this. I'm going to try and say it how you said it because it was so perfect. But you said, God doesn't want our perfection. He wants our intention, basically. Mm-hmm. I I mean, that's that just says it right there. I think that that is so perfect because I love that. It's so perfect. He doesn't want our perfection. Um, but I think as Christians, it's really easy for us to fall into the perfection trap because we want to look like we're good Christians. I mean, we want to look like we're good Christians to other Christians, but we really want to look like we're good Christians to non-Christians. I mean, we want them to see that we're doing all the right things and all the good things, and we're doing our Bible studies, and we're doing the whole thing, and those things are great, but I think that they just build these facades of perfection that make us look like an unattainable clique. (laughs) And the reality is, that couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, we're just a whole ragtag bunch of broken people who need to be used like those clay jars you're talking about. And 
it's like what we've been talking about since the beginning of this episode. I mean, I think that the more we can show people these broken moments, the more we can show them that they are welcome. They're welcome too. There's not, it doesn't take, you don't have to reach a certain level before you can be used by God. You can be used by God right now, whether you're even a believer or not. <laughs> Definitely. And I think that's, that's sometimes why Christians get in hot water and um, why it makes it easier for the world to point fingers at us. Mm. Um, because a lot of the times non-believers will be like, oh, you're a Christian. You're supposed to be perfect. Because a lot of the times in the church community, it's not commonly accepted um, to be open about your flaws and to be open about your sin. And yeah. I know that um, my husband and I have faced with our old church and just some individuals just not understanding grace, um, not understanding the true gospel and just coming at it with a judgmental pedestal type of view. And that's not at all what the gospel is. Right. Well, and what, I mean, what a disservice to you. I think about some church communities and how how much you have to offer um, to serve the kingdom and to serve a church community and how certain church communities would exclude you from being able to do that because of your history when the reality is all the more reason why it should be you. You have mm-hmm. something so special to say. And I think that... Um, beyond, you know, you and I sitting here talking, I think it's just so easy for that to happen. I think it's easy for us to look at people and say, oh, well, she doesn't really need to be leading because she, you know, X, Y, Z. When the reality is those people are the very people that should be leading because those are the people that God loves to use. Mm, Definitely. And again, that just goes into people trying to put themselves on a pedestal or think that they're better Christians than another because we all deal with sin, whether your sin is out in the open or your sin is Mm. in secret. Whether you think that it's nothing, it it still is. Maybe your sin is gossiping. Maybe your sin is jealousy. We all have heart issues. It's just, is your heart ready to admit that you're flawed? Or are you still trying to perceive yourself and put yourself as an idol in your life? I absolutely love that you said that because as you were starting to talk, I was sitting here thinking, you know, sin isn't an action issue. It's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a total severing from God and His plan for your life and not being able to, you know, meld those two together. So if you're living with that attitude, that's sin, regardless of what you're doing or not. It's... Mm-hmm. but. We like to place it on an action because it's easier, I think. Um, But the reality is you're totally right. Sin is just a heart issue at the end of the day. Definitely. And a lot of the times it's easier to point fingers at other people um, and judge their hearts rather than our own. Oh, yeah. I, I. Yes, that's totally true. And we see that in Scripture over and over again. We just love to do that as humans. (laughs) Definitely. So I know we don't have a whole bunch of time left, but I want to know what advice you would have to other women who may be looking for God to restore broken moments in their life. What what would you say to them? Um, I would definitely say to them to bring it to the Lord, to be constantly using every chance you get to give it to Him in prayer, um, to humble yourself and know that these broken moments are painful, but in the pain, mm. he brings beauty to ashes and to confidently trust that whatever broken piece of you that you want him to restore, he will. 
I'm sure that he's already on the journey of restoring that, especially if it's on on your heart. Um, I just really want to encourage you to go to the Lord and go to somebody that you trust, whether that's a pastor or a friend or your husband or your, someone that you trust that you can talk to um, that, that is a spiritual leader in your life and just lean into them and ask them to be holding you accountable to help you see mm. full redemption. I love that. And I also love, I mean, it kind of goes back to the control issue and the submission that you were talking about in the very beginning. I mean, once you're willing to submit your heart to God, He's already restoring. He He's not going to rest from doing that. And mm-hmm. I think kind of to add to what you said, I think it's so important for us to remember that there is no broken moment too big for God. And there's also no broken moment too small for God. Like, it is all important to him and none of it's trivial and none of it is also overwhelming for him. <laughs> so on both ends of the spectrum, he's he is ready and willing to take that on and restore it for you. And he will. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. So I love your story. I think that I'm so happy that you're willing to share it today. I think it's, I mean, it's utterly beautiful because it's utterly relatable. <laughs> I think all of us have broken moments and um, thank you so much for being willing to share yours. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to um, share. And I'm just so humbled that I was able to speak with you today and that uh, you took the time to just ask a little bit more about what God's done in my life. I love it. And it's it's beautiful. He has done beautiful things and is continuing to do so, especially with baby number two coming yes, soon. Yes, he'll be here so soon. I'm going to have two little boys, which is just crazy to think about. But That's right. I was going to ask you about that. I couldn't remember if it was going to be a boy or a girl, but two boys. Yeah. Ah! My, and it's so funny too, because um, my husband and I are very young. My husband's 21 and I'm 22. And we are like the youngest people in our friend group that have babies. And it's just, it's hysterical <laughs> because we're I'm going to be 22 with two tiny boys under the age of two. (laughs) You could be that girl that ends up with like nine children by the time you're 30. That's what my husband keeps joking about. But um, I don't know what the Lord has planned, but I don't think we got that planned. (laughs) You're like, well, that's certainly not my plan. (laughs) Yeah, I might go a little bit nuts, but we'll see. Kids are such a blessing though. I love being a mom. It's it's like the best thing in the world. I know. I think, um, so I have a one-year-old and I think that people kind of made me really scared to be a mom. I was, I mean, people love to say things like, oh, just wait until, you know, whatever. But um, I think it has been so much more joy than it has been struggle in every season so far. Definitely. And um, so many people are always like, oh, like they say things like your life's going to be over when you have kids. Like you're never going to have time for yourself. Like say goodbye to your dreams. And that's like (laughs) the exact opposite of motherhood. Um, Becoming a parent is like the most important kingdom work you could ever do. So I think that's, that's just crazy. And I think, I think it gives you unique, um, a unique ambition to run after new dreams in a way. And I, I have loved that. So before we leave, um, I always try to do this. I want to know about three things you are loving right now. So these could be like products or these could be just things in your life that you're loving right now. They don't have to be faith related at all. Just share with us what you love right now. Three things. Okay. Three things I'm obsessed with right now. Yes. Um, one, Taco Bell. <laughs> yes. I'm not even going to joke because most of these are literally going to be food related. 
Um, okay, so Taco Bell number one. <laughs> Secondly, um, I'm obsessed with uh, my my shop has a hat that says joyful on it and it's yellow and it's super cute. Yes. And I'm just obsessed with it because I wear it like every day and I love the color yellow. So I guess it's two for one <laughs> yellow joyful hat. I, I love it. I'm going to buy this hat, by the way, because I saw you post about it the other day and I was like, that is the cutest hat I have ever seen. <laughs> ah, I'll have to send it to you. Uh, we're actually out of stock right now, but we're doing a restock in September, but I'll have to send it to you. Yes, um, <laughs> I will get one. Um, we'll link it in the show notes too. So anyone who's listening, you need this hat. It's literally the cutest hat I've ever seen. Oh, you're the sweetest. And my third obsession um, right now is the garlic herb sauce from Chick-fil-A. <gasps> yes. <laughs> oh, and their mac and cheese and Chick Fil A mac and cheese, which it sounds so bad. And if you know me, like I study, I study holistic nutrition, and I've done a lot of like ne- never before in my life have I eaten so unhealthy. But this pregnancy, all I want is Taco Bell. Junk. And Chick-fil-A and it is so crazy. My husband is like loving it and he's like, okay, this is great. That is hilarious. I love that you said um, the garlic and herb sauce because I don't know if you saw me post this, but I posted in my Instagram stories the other day because I'm trying so hard to eat healthy right now. But I'm like a Chick-fil-A sauce addict. Like I love Chick-fil-A and I love their sauces. So the other day I reached an all-time low and I literally dipped broccoli in Chick-fil-A sauce. That actually sounds so good. (laughs) It was really, really good. It was delicious, but I was a little bit embarrassed at myself because I was like, this is just a low point. Like this is a low point right now. It's all right. A lot of our friends, um, actually quite a few of our friends and people from our church own Chick-fil-A's. So we always joke, it's just the Lord's chicken. So it's all right. (laughs) It is the Lord's chicken. So those calories don't count. You know, those are holy calories. (laughs) Exactly. It's holy food. It's holy food. It is bread for us to eat. Yes, hopefully so. manna. I'm sure manna will maybe taste similar. Yeah, it is manna from heaven. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing what you're loving. Thank you for being so vulnerable. I think it's so important. And just thank you. I appreciate you so much. And I've loved getting to talk to you, not on Instagram for a change. Yes, so great to speak with you. You're the sweetest. As always, I want to say a massive thank you to Gabrielle for being on the show today. Her vulnerability and willingness to share the hard moments of her story is so inspiring to me and so important. As you guys know, I firmly believe that our biggest source of power is in being real and vulnerable before God and before each other. Gabrielle is such a great example of that through her personal journey of faith and in her ministry. I loved when Gabrielle said, God doesn't want us to be perfect people. He just wants us to be people of intention. What a beautiful reminder that we are all qualified because we are called. We don't have to be qualified in any other way to do so. We don't have to be perfect, friends. We don't have to have a spotless past or a perfectly tied with a bow story. We just have to be people of intention. And when we have our intentions in line with God's, nothing can stop us not even our less-than-perfect past. For everyone listening, I can't wait to meet you back here next time. Next episode, I'll be chatting with Jenny Mays, a lifestyle and motherhood blogger from Missouri. Our conversation is sure to inspire and uplift you, and I cannot wait to share it with you. 
Today's show music was created by Nick Petrov. Additional music and editing are by Aaron Trimble and show notes are by yours truly. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows. Where Faith Grows.